Hello, and welcome to Resolve, an afterplay show. This is an after show for a role-playing game that does not have an actual play, where we tell you all the details of our game so you don't have to listen to it. I'm Sammy, I'll be your host. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Asiri Amoli, the mermaid, also uses she, her. Joining me today is my wonderful co-host, Alex. Hi, I'm Alex. I use he, him pronouns. I play Moogle Avatar of Alexander Smog, who also uses he, him pronouns. We are joined today by Zach. Hi, I'm Zach. I use he, him pronouns, and I'm playing the draconic vocaloid Tau, who uses they, them pronouns. All right, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Now that we're all here, Alex, why don't you tell us about the actual play? Previously, in a feat, Geyser starts acting like her normal self again and asks the party what happened. Lone and Asiri have a private conversation, but Smog listens in, still invisible. Lone explains to Asiri that they were trying to make this age last because Cyclia was damaged by frequent abuses of the new age process. Lone makes Asiri promise that the creation of the next age will not be decided by personal desires. Lone feeds the party a meal apparated from a cauldron and shares the secrets of starting the next age. Lone explains that the cistern needs to be cleared by restarting a furnace, the gear needs to be placed in the tower, and fireworks need to be set around the castle. Tau, Smog, and Lone tackle the fireworks while Pony and Athenos head to the cistern and Asiri and Geyser place the gear. As the party gathers in front of the fountain, they see it thawed and running. Lone magically tosses a coin in the fountain to begin the process. So now that you've heard the actual play, let's do a deep dive into the session. Poor, poor Geyser. <laughs> oh, Geyser. I mean... That's what happens when you say, I'm going to miss a session, GM, do whatever you want with my character. <laughs> True, but I'm also obsessed with the concept of guys are coming back to their senses, looking at their bloody knuckles and being like, who the hell did I kill? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Also with Smog not being there, if she had failed, it could have been a funny conclusion to draw. <laughs> she immediately did a deep dive. And the consequence for failing that is the GM tells you something you wish weren't true. Dan could have just worded it like, you don't notice smog around. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) If you kill smog, do you get Alexander's powers? (laughs) (laughs) That's not how any of this works. He's not full of Alexander Magicite. Yet. I assume we just get yet another different smog from another timeline showing up. I've thought about a couple different smogs for when other things pop up next. Oh, I'm boy. very excited. I'm here for glam rock smog. If you don't have that in the hat already, you should put that in there. I'm trying to think like how, what would his hair have to be like, given what it already is? Full <laughs> <laughs> like mullet, just like oh, curl down. <laughs> We have more roots and it's pink, more like around where a human's ears would be on the face. <laughs> I cannot bring myself to imagine a Moogle with a mullet. It's just not. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't fit. If you give a Moogle a mullet, <laughs> I would turn the page on that book. <laughs> but yeah, Geyser came to the conclusion that they were under the influence of their mental connection with the wolves and sort of was reacting on that primal instinct. Seems to be accurate as far as we know. She did not remember being in the world of the loss at all, though. So that's no. interesting. In context, I should say, our previous visit, she did not remember at all. Because that could be like, she suddenly lost all her memories of the world of the loss, yeah. which did not happen. Wouldn't right. that be wild? <laughs> you can only remember it when you're sleeping. Ooh. It's a separate progress track. I hate that. Do not do not give Dan ideas, please. It's like Dream Drop Distance. Oh no. Kingdom Hearts. So I don't know if you know about this game, Sammy, but you can play as Riku and Sora, and whenever a timer ends or you choose, you swap to the other one. And they have, I think, all of the same worlds, but a different story in each. Okay, so is it like Mario Luigi Superstar Saga? <laughs> No, they don't do things in tandem. Okay. They, they do things separately. All right. I think there'll be a boss fight where you do switch off between them at the end. I don't really remember how right. the finale of that works out. 
but you do get to switch off playing them as you go along. Wild. <laughs> so yeah, Geyser's back with us, but pretty quickly we move to Lone pulling a Siri aside and them having a private conversation, kicking everyone out. Even though Pony, not understanding they're going to communicate via sign language, puts her ear up next to the door. <laughs> Which is absolutely adorable, I'm going to say. Carolyn's playing Pony so well. The desperation to just be a mover and shaker in this campaign with all these like giant magical superpowers is so <laughs> endearing to me. It's great. That playbook. Not only is she playing well to the playbook, but the playbook does really well feeding back to everyone about how you should treat the character because it forces you to think of the character as a hero. So everybody is like, oh, of course I got to help the hero out. <laughs> like she's going to get there eventually. Yeah. Almost every one of us has tried to teach Pony something magical. Yeah, I think so in some way. It's mostly been smog for sure, but everyone's got a hand on that ball. <laughs> mm -hmm. Maybe not Geyser, but Geyser's been like a rival, so that's close. Right. You teach via rivalry about what not to do. It's a counterexample. Or it's more of an anything you can do, I can do better that's sort it. of situation. <laughs> I can do anything better than you. No, you can't. Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess after this session, Athenos has also been putting in quite a bit helping Pony learn magic. I think that's probably the first time she managed to cast something without Smog around. Smog was around, yes, but she did do some telekinesis when Athenos is just like, here, have your horn. Right, that might have been some smaller bits with the Athenos-granted horn blessing. <laughs> this was very much like teaching Pony to use her own magic instead of leaning on someone else's power, which was very fun. I love how Dex described it, and he was just like, think about fire, think of it as like a warm hug inside yourself, think about like the power that is. He was much more eloquent than I am, but it was delightful. Part of the fun of having Pony to teach about the magic is thinking about how all of the different characters think about magic. Because we have Athenos, who's a god, thinks of all the things that are inside of him and has all of this possibility, like the magic is coming from you. And Smog is like, you have to draw it out from your environment. Everything is available. You just have to bring it to you. And Isiri is concentrated more on the concept of like performance for teaching Pony. It's just interesting to be able to showcase the different systems of magic our characters think about through teaching. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love the flexibility that we get to sort of express our own magical fortitudes. Circling back to a series private conversation with Lone. Wow, that was a lot all at once for a series. Having failed. <laughs> 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 Having immediately failed her spell, but also succeeding. You failed successfully. <laughs> Failing forward. Failing right. forward. That's what a series strives to keep doing. In resurrecting Al Rayun at the same time being like, oh, this didn't work. Why didn't it work? Oh no, Lone isn't here now, and now they want to talk to me. Okay, everyone out. <laughs> Goodbye. Please <laughs> leave. I need a moment. <laughs> yeah, there's so much there. Like, aside from the very mechanical pushing the story forward, like, this is the last bastion of magic and light and warmth, and this is what we need to restart the world. There's also a very intimate conversation between Assyri and Lone and... I don't know. I didn't actually say anything during the conversation, but I tried to be like very present on camera. And I don't know. I think that influenced what you were saying as a Siri a little bit, maybe. A little bit, because I have the luxury of having Dan in the room right across from me as a DM. So as he's talking as Lone, I'm usually looking at him in the eye, which is always a lot of fun because I have very scary eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, I did see your little hovering precipice in the corner of my eye, and there were some things I deliberately did not say because you were there. And <laughs> one of the things I was considering was asking you to leave because I knew you were there, I just didn't know where you were. But I also couldn't afford the energy to prove you were gone either. Siri doesn't want you there, but at the same time, what if something happens? Maybe it's good to have backup. I don't know. So I let it slide for that time. Definitely didn't say everything she wanted to say to Lone. There was definitely a moment where they're talking about existence and who Lone is and how close they were to the Cyclia the Goddess. And a series like, you weren't always in this body. What are you? And Lone is just like, what do you think I am? And I, <laughs> I didn't answer because I didn't want to have 
<laughs> smog here, but I was like, oh, you know, I think you're just not what you're letting on. <laughs> but <laughs> it is good to know that a series thoughts on smog and that were unnerving, but also maybe slightly comforting. <laughs> Yeah, you know, a series is still very conflicted about what their opinion of proto neo new smog is. <laughs> <laughs> she still has a locked dark link with him, but at the same time, she's like, "You're not the trouble I thought you were going to be yet." So I think it might shift depending on how the next session goes, but I'm not 100 percent sure yet. You're sort of on that razor's edge, but also, Lone has been around for like a trillion zillion years, which sounds miserable. <laughs> yeah. I feel sad every time we're like, alone isn't a person, but it's better to think of a, a completely unfeeling robot going through that, huh? Well, they're not unfeeling. They get cold. They have a scarf. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to not think of them as such, but like, we've had several things from Dan that have been like, something's not right here. And the master explicitly saying, well, they should be a person, but they're not. What is going on there? The spirit sealer. Wee woo, wee woo. It's been a minute. <laughs> I have to say, there's no way in hell that it's not the soul of Alrayun trapped in this thing, right? I mean, it could even be that, like, it's a part of Cyclia, and Alrayun could be somewhere else. That would be sad. See, my my wee-woo-wee-woo conspiracy theory was that Alrayun was controlling the wolves in an attempt to start the next age that's why they keep trying to get into the castle that does make a lot of sense i hadn't thought of it that way because lone didn't have an answer for why the wolves are still reconstituting even though all other energy magic warmth light whatever is not anywhere else besides the castle we have yet to track down that pesky little soul but i suppose nobody's been explicitly looking either could tau track that we hadn't even thought tau has tracked Lone before, because Tao actually has a link with Lone. Oh, right, you need a link. Got no links with our own, so... Or Cyclia. <laughs> or Cyclia. Yeah, haven't met them, so would be a bit harder to track. Would be interesting to try to do that, but wouldn't be just an automatic thing like I can <laughs> usually do. Like, staring at Smog as I'm closing the door. <laughs> while he's just floating there invisible, eavesdropping. That is so funny, because if you wanted to, you could totally fuck over Smog for any reason. <laughs> totally could. Not sure that I want to yet, but not <laughs> yet. <completely laughs> against it at the moment with this new mystery Smog. So we did learn that the gear was there as a, some sort of fortune, and Lone was just in disbelief. That's why they didn't immediately show everything to us. It doesn't seem to be reacting to anyone. It's definitely been etched there for a long time. That's We had an idea of that last time from some deep dives, but even more confirmed. Yeah, it's like straight up, we are the prophesized chosen ones. Cyclia said we would be here a billion years ago. Alone was like straight up, I thought I was hallucinating. I thought I finally lost it when you people showed up. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting that it's the previous smog along with juice on that cog in that prophecy. Yeah, I wonder if Alexander and Cyclia have any sort of relationship as time deities who would eventually cross each other's paths. Or maybe just the one time deities prophecies don't necessarily include what some other time deity is doing <laughs> maybe they have the ability to interact with each other on a different level more close to peers <laughs> do you think they have annual luncheons that would be so cute and they could happen all the time because what, what does an annual luncheon mean when you're a time con? forever and never <laughs> you can just pop into the convention zone whenever you want to <laughs> god how often would you pop into the convention zone all the time are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, depends on how cool slash how annoying all the other time gods are. <laughs> you have that razor's edge, right? Of being like the coolest fucker ever or just like a pain in the ass. <laughs> I mean, you can also be boring as shit. Just feel like everything has to be completely regulated to the standards. Oh, even Father Time is like the, the fucking old geezer. It's like... <sighs> yeah. Mm, yeah. Oh, who invited him? <laughs> What do you guys think Cyclia is like? Lone has explained a bit about them and their processes, but we don't really have a full understanding of exactly what her house of worship is like. 
Yeah, we were speculating a little bit last time that it might be sort of a two-sided thing, something like a life and death or entropy or something like that. We don't really have a whole lot of info aside from the fact that she had a priestess and is the god of cycles. I don't really have any <laughs> any like ideas about what her personality is like or what she would want with the world, anything like that. I can say from experience, interstitial makes it very hard to present the players with a deity, because I mean, especially when someone else is playing a deity, which I didn't run into, but you have to make the scale seem right in a system where power levels don't exist as much. Yeah. But the two times that I had to do it, I think, between two games, because I don't think I ever, I don't think we ever had a deity get involved in your game, Zach. Um... At least not a deity that was from your worlds. Not a deity, exactly, but there was a superhuman beast beyond time and space that we (laughs) encountered. Yeah. Making those things work, especially if you're mostly going to be conversing with them, was difficult for me. So I'm excited to see how Dan is going to pull this off if we do have another encounter with the Divine. Even if we don't intentionally, I'm still going to have a Siri try because I think she's curious. And it also sort of feeds into something I want to go talk to the master about later. So I'm sort of cued in on this information hunt right now. But we shall see where that leads us, because I have a hunch, but I need more data. Interesting. We're going to have Dan on to talk next week, so I won't get too far in speculating. But like, I wonder if Dan already had Cyclia here before I was thinking of Alexander as something stronger or like it's played up because i have the change with smog now i'm interested to see how much influence that played into things because i don't know if we're gonna see like more time things in a world outside of the world of ages yeah it's like the most timiest place you can be timely (laughs) the stars really did a line for that huh (laughs) yeah dan didn't really push us towards that i don't know that dan knew how close i was before we got into the world, if I remember correctly. I don't think I mentioned anything until we were already there. I can't think of a better time for that to have happened. Lone makes a Siri promise that this new age will not be formed of personal desires. I would have been so disappointed if Smog didn't hear that, because it's not something that Lone mentions to anyone else. And I think it's good for Smog to know that's what Lone actually wants, even if I don't think there's a lot of trust between them right now. Mm -hmm. Smog does not want bad things for Lone. It's something that he needed to hear, and he did hear it. Good. I'm glad he learned something. (laughs) (laughs) Because Lone was like, I don't like Smog's idea. That's not what I want. (laughs) (laughs) Ew. Yeah, I think even if Smog wasn't there to eavesdrop on this, you might have gotten some of that a bit later on, jumping ahead, where Lone and Tao were talking about whose desires should take priority in a world, and what do you do if two people have conflicting desires. Lone mentioned that they'd been thinking about that for a long, long time. I think at this point, Tao is also thinking about that very heavily. Yeah, that's a perfect question to ask Tao, who is explicitly working on making their own paradise. And, I mean, this castle seems like some engine you could use to do that if you really wanted to. Mm, I'm not sure that it would do anything outside of this world. Maybe you could use that as a way to get some ideas for mechanics, but I don't know that it would really be like i hijack the castle and use it to make a different (laughs) world tao is not really going to want to take over this world and turn it into their paradise (laughs) yeah that would be one hell of a heel turn that would be wild (laughs) suddenly we're playing a fellowship Oh, gosh. Get me that super villain character sheet yeah i can't remember what it's called in fellowship anymore yeah Oh, well. Tao hasn't really expressed a lot of those desires to the party, right? It's been sort of an undercurrent that's come up a couple of times, but you haven't been very explicit in it, right? Yeah, Tao hasn't really talked to the rest of the party about that. That's more been something that I've been thinking of behind the scenes as motivating Tao and talked about a bit in the podcast. Tao hasn't really seen reason to share that with other people necessarily. Hasn't seen much of ways that other people could help with that or 
I guess until now, even haven't seen what use it would be to have other people have input on that, but they might be seeing that a bit more now. It is funny that now Smog is the one who knows the most about this, given that he knows the least about Tower right now. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was very excited to like hang out with Lonesome because I was like, I need to ask questions as Smog and have to play this fine line of not revealing I was secretly in the room with the Siri while getting more information around that stuff. But it was also like, oh, this is cool now that I no longer have a dark link with Tau to have Smog get to know them a little bit more again. And I think everything played out how I wanted it to in that scene. There were no big moves. It was just we were talking through some personal things while replacing all the different fireworks and got to know a little bit more about each other. I don't think I tripped Lone off about having known things and I had to play around with what I was saying really carefully. (laughs) Yeah, so y'all were helping with the fireworks. So the task assigned to Athanos and Pony was to go down into the basement and clear out the cistern and start the furnace going. That was something to behold. I don't know, (laughs) good or bad. It was certainly the biggest adventure of (laughs) the three groups. Our little jaunt had one exciting moment where Smog almost fumbled some fireworks trying to get them to float, and then Tau and Lone righted it. Oh no, so scary. (laughs) There were just perils upon perils. Lone did mention that the explosives in these fireworks are very delicate and would react to a shock of being dropped so could have been very bad but (laughs) sure it could have been bad i'm just thinking of this more the like zoomed out narrative sense like it was handled pretty quickly and then we were talking yeah pony and athanos were like diving into the pipeworks of the system they're covered in soot there's like ice everywhere it's probably like the most fantastical thing that's happened so far in the sense that like this ice appears not sentient but it has a will i guess it kept regrowing around them it kept moving to attack them and antagonize them it is at the very least animate maybe that's why last session lone wanted it to stay frozen (laughs) to keep it from biting people (laughs) literal frostbite (laughs) oh my god Athenos had a light spell and sort of melted them down into the pipework that they just hopped into and cleared out using yet more warming and fire magic. They were very careful not to use flames because the fuel in there is apparently extraordinary. There's a lot of volatile fuels in this castle, but they didn't want to implode themselves. Although I don't really understand why they had to like go inside the pipeworks themselves. I suppose that's what you get for sending a knucklehead and a Thanos test. <laughs> <laughs> Direct action was the only choice here, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the fastest and we didn't take too long doing our other tasks. So kudos, Pony Thanos. For guys are in a series test, putting the gear back in. I mean, Smog did half the work for that already. We just had to slack it into place. <laughs> Yeah, we couldn't remember if Smog had already put it in, but I was pretty sure that he just located it. And we we're like, oh, I guess technically he might still be holding on to it, but it was just like retcon Asiri has it because that makes more sense. Yeah. With Athenos and Pony. Last time Athenos tried to do a long range fire spell, he did pass out. So <laughs> makes sense that he'd go directly to the source. That's a good point. Athenos has been real timid about a lot of stuff recently, and it's yeah. really interesting to see how his twisting to the fact that he knows he's not as powerful as he should be. I wonder if he's afraid that he just doesn't know how to reel in the magic enough to have the desired effect without going like all out. Mm-hmm. Like it's either I did something ineffectual or I tired myself. He doesn't know where the in-between is because he hasn't had to exist in that space before. Right. Since he's been so used to being so incredibly powerful, he doesn't know how to work on low power efficiency mode. <laughs> but the good thing that came out of that was we got to see Pony absolutely lay a beat down, which is always hilarious to think of this tiny ass horse just kicking and headbutting and <laughs> stomping on things. And it became very Pokemon in my head because it <laughs> is just like, Pony, you stomp. Pony's just become a Keldeo. <laughs> Ponyta. <laughs> Those diamond-plated hooves, let's go. Oh, uh, yeah. They managed to get everything lit up and out of the pipes again before it all exploded and melted ice down onto them or drowned them or something. 
Yeah, I have a feeling there's something else in those pipes, but we just didn't... I'm very curious as to what's actually down there, because there was scratching sounds. I don't know if that was just the ice moving around, or if that was... There's really the abominable snowman down there. Whoa. Or, like, some sort of ice monster or something. Like a spider. Oh, no. What if Stickly is, like, an ice cycle, and there's, like... (laughs) (laughs) There's, like, evaporation, precipitation, and frost and stuff. The joys of the water cycle. I need that map from, like, first grade that has the isthmus and the river running through it and shows the water cycle. I thought you were just purely making an icicle pod. That would be really good, too. Okay, Dan, now you have to steal this. If it's not already what Cyclia is, you have to work all of the water stuff back into Cyclia. Thank you. I mean, we are working with all the elements of water here, so there might be something to it. Yeah, we do have ice and steam and running water. If that's true, that's like the longest play pun I've ever heard of in my life. (laughs) Good for Dan. If not... He's going to enjoy it when I tell him this later. <laughs> I cycle. And she's a lizard. Cyclozar. There we go. Cyclozar. Wow. We're done. Full circle. <laughs> so before we get to Geyser in Assyria, I do want to step back a second and talk about alone summoning food out of a cauldron. Like, I don't know, some sort of witch. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Alryu. <laughs> this only cements it in my mind. Do you think that these foodstuffs were stored in different times? And they, that's where Alon's pulling them out? <laughs> could be. I would love to ask them about that, but we're a little busy right now. Asira didn't really think about it in the moment because she was like, oh, sweet whale blubber. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Special treat for Asiri. I also like how Lone was like, let me ask Asiri about everyone's eating preferences. And Asiri was like, I think Pony and Smog eat grass. <laughs> <laughs> Swag immediately starts signing as well, because that's how they're communicating. That's why Asiri was the only one to respond. And I was like, I mean, duh, Swag can't speak anymore. Of course, he would also know sign in addition to special magic that gives him a voice. I don't think it's been particularly clear to the rest of the party that Smog can't speak. (laughs) It's just that he's chosen to use that flute the entire time. I mean, he made a horrible gasping sound to a Siri, but that, I think yeah. that was just a Siri. Yeah. So I think a Siri's aware of this problem, but I don't think anyone else is. But they're probably gonna be. Yeah, I'm sure that Sequence Charter will have a lot of questions, probably at the end of next session. We have to explain everything to Sequence Charter. I still haven't figured out how we're gonna do that. I mean, not only that, Smog wants to bring the loan to Sequence Charter. I don't yeah. know how we're going to explain that. <laughs> That's definitely going to be something a bit more complicated to tell them about. I mean, it works within Sequence Charter's goal, and it seems like it would be helpful for Lone to just see another world. What's cooking in Smog's brain right now is Sequence Charter needs other means of getting things done, and Lone has some interesting magic to share with them. Lone seems to be connected to Cyclia somehow, and being a little part of a god second immortal and seeing other worlds has helped Alexander, so maybe he can help this other time deity. Oh, interesting. Especially now that he's thinking about retiring back home to Lemus. <laughs> it makes sense, but after question... And granted, we've only been to two worlds so far, but as long as the portals have been open, other than the things we brought in from Sequence Charter, nothing has come out yet. So I don't know if there's like some sort of gate or seal or something that prevents inhabitants of the connected world from leaving. Yeah, so far I've only used, because I've picked Dark Portal up again, so far I've only used it to pop into the World of the Lost or between locations in the same world. So I don't know how it'll work, but I'm interested in trying. Although Lone is hella chill for like the concept of dimensional hopping, but I guess they've had plenty of time to think about the concept of that. Also, if there was a prophecy that people were going to be coming here from another world, probably had time to consider that. What else did Lone give everybody to eat? Was it, it was curry for Athenos and Tao, right? Right. Lone was asking if we were hungry, and Tao was about to go off on like, well, yeah, I haven't done a performance for a while, so I haven't really gotten that energy of fandom, and then just decided not to get into all of that and just say, <laughs> food would be okay. <laughs> I like spicy. recently found they like food, spicy food. <laughs> 
And then I was like, are you sure you want to ask what I want to eat? I really want to know where that was going. What would be so appalling to loan that at that house might like to eat? I don't know. Hearts? Concepts. Concept. Here's your meal. Concept. <laughs> eat it again. Fresh spring day, please. Hmm. <laughs> would that taste like the candle of the same name? I was thinking Irish spring. Ah. Uh, would that taste like the soap of the same name? <laughs> tastes like the soap. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have a good idea what that tastes like, Sammy? Uh, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> And then we got the mysterious part of a whale. I'm going to choose it's a rib. I don't think Dan specified, but I think that's funny to me. I want to think it's like what we're working towards with meat in our world, where it's just they grew some meat off of some cells. (laughs) (laughs) Chemically engineered whale meat. Hell yeah. I'm sure somebody has a market for that somewhere. A series certainly does. It's been so long since she's last had whale meat. It's a delicacy. Would a Siri eat the tofu that's supposed to taste like human? Yes, I don't know if she could digest it, though, because tofu is soy. Mm-hmm. Right. She would try it. Absolutely. If something dies in her vicinity, she's going to try to eat it. She did look back at the body of Alriona and was like, well, it doesn't work. <laughs> it's so fresh. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's good. Wow. She would get the impression that Lone might not appreciate that, all things considered. She's, not, yeah, she's an not. animal, but she's not a monster. Well, she might be a monster, but she's not a horrible creature. Well, <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, she's not literally Satan. Yeah. God, wouldn't that be a, Speaking of heel turns. Just <laughs> I've been the devil the whole time. <laughs> Couldn't you tell by my trident? <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I just love when a Siri initially asks Lone for the whale, and Lone just looks around the room like, <laughs> could a whale fit in here? <laughs> Not a real one, just a picture. Yeah, that's what she wants. She wants to eat the paper. <laughs> oh my god, we need to get Very Mary Kate playing a Siri right now. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man, we'll have to show this to you. I'll just get the first one, and I'll put it in the Discord. Thank you. I appreciate your discretion. I thought you were saying you're just going to put that at the end of the podcast. (laughs) That's going to be a recommendation. It's time to know. Just put the audio from that at the end of the podcast. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't think guys are ordered anything, right? They just didn't. They're pretty apathetic to the entire concept of sharing a meal with our family in here. Give me your hate. No. <laughs> Sharing a meal with people typically makes you like them more. That's not really Geyser's thing. No. You're right. Pony got like a bunch of apples, which I'm sure they appreciated. Oh, yeah. Love that for her. You know, it should have been a smoothie. I mean, you got oats and apple and grass. You just need some sort of liquid in there. Maybe some ice. You get a nice smoothie. That doesn't sound like a great smoothie. For a horse? No. I don't know if a horse would want a smoothie, to be fair. Pony would love a slushie. Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. Pony would go to town on a Slurpee. <laughs> okay, now we can talk about Assyrian Geyser. Assyrian Geyser didn't have much work to do in the ritual setup, slotting the gear back into its position. They did have time to talk, and it got real heavy real fast. I love that initially Geyser is like, well, you need to move it to make it work. And she was having none of it. Yeah, she was just like, no, because if I touch this, it will break. (laughs) I am too big and strong for this. Both Assyria and Smog understand by doing deep dives now that the best way to keep everybody intact, everything right, is to do this the correct way. (laughs) And that seems to be what Lode is showing us. So trying to start any little bit on its own could be problematic problematic, dangerous, influence. A series not going to break her promise under any circumstances to the best of her ability. So if her influence here changes things, she will destroy herself with guilt. <laughs> and will try to do whatever she can to make it right, if possible. If not, that she will cry big, gooey, mucusy, slime tears. Look at it this way. You were prophesied to be here, so any changes you make were just always going to happen, and you don't have to take responsibility. <laughs> That's true! We were prophesized to be here, but we gotta do it right. Assyria will make sure it is done right. I have plans. 
this could be a place where smog could come in because his whole deal is, yeah, I do want everything to succeed, but I also know that everybody here, even me, is going to need failures to grow. And that's why I don't know everything. That's why I chose not to know everything. You're not going to learn anything by me just helping. I'm not going to learn anything by having all the answers immediately. Sometimes we have to do things poorly. Yeah, I guess. For the series, like, I didn't know that I know jack shit about this world and everything else going on here. I didn't even know what grass was until yesterday. <laughs> it seems like this world is not really a stranger to doing things poorly and learning from it, considering... <laughs> Lone did say that there are some ages that only lasted a couple minutes. <laughs> Seconds even, more privately to a series. Scary. Terrifying. Come on, you spend all this time setting up fireworks, defrosting the cistern, all that jazz, and then a couple minutes later, you do it all again. <laughs> they also implied that this time was special, it was going to be a celebration, so there might be extra aspects to it that other people didn't have to do, or it could have changed other times. Even the process of changing ages could have changed the process of changing ages. Hmm, interesting thought. If Tao usurps the... Ages transformation will have become the Dragon Age. Hell yeah! I was waiting till the end to make that joke when no one could respond, but you beat me to it. Oh fuck! <laughs> I was thinking about having difficulties can help you grow. That you need difficulties because that was the point that Geyser was making in that conversation. She is there as an antagonistic force to help other people grow, but she can be worse. But she can also be better. And that's mysterious to me. Guys, are, at least partially during that conversation, was alluding to their different forms, I guess. Right now they're in, like, scrungly form. I know Dia's talked about their full height form. But is there something below scrungle form? Like, what is worse? And I want to know what better is. Is this a point when people have achieved growth and they need to be coddled? Then they just need to keep passing on by? Did she start baking cookies? Maybe, but I get the impression, and I don't know how explicit D has been with this, when Geyser was first created, Jilly, their relationship was probably much better. And I feel like Geyser was probably more like an actual clown imaginary friend instead of <laughs> whatever the fuck they are now. That would be good Geyser, where they're needed again. Does that mean she starts being a little less creepy and the clown parts stop being just part of the body? <laughs> I'm not going to answer that because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, I can take off the shoes and gloves. Ah, uh, horrible. <laughs> I feel like those are always just going to be essential parts of Geyser. That's going to be part of her body no matter what. But it'll be less creepy. A series just like, can you die? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there's no right. dancing around this one. Like, a series like, is that in your worldview? You're not biological? Geyser doesn't know what biological means? Question mark. So, Siri, explain that real quick. I got real metaphysical real fast. A series like, what are all your weaknesses so I can exploit them because yeah. I am the devil? Yeah, that, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that Geyser doesn't seem to have a good grasp of that herself even. Like, she's pretty sure she can end, but it doesn't seem to be in the way a biological creature might end. In the terms of the game, it's all down to, like, harm. So it could be that, I don't know. She's fed enough and she explodes. She hasn't fed on bad emotions and she just sort of peters out as an idea. That's one of the things I appreciate about interstitial as a system. Filling your harm clock doesn't mean you die. It could just mean like something changes or you owe somebody some like major favor or you forget everything. Like there's other consequences to dying than dying. Harm is also so nebulous because most games, I think, use hit points. Although I've played so many games around or explicit um, powered by the apocalypse have heard harm so much. I feel like harm is such a better word because it's so generalized, whereas hit points, I think of something that's physically making contact with you usually. Although that can sometimes be expressed as taking like a psychic damage, it's not usually. It also gets you to consider more like, what is violence? Like, you can have yeah. violent verbal altercations that actually hurt people. Yeah, because, like, we've retained damage in the world of the lost, but not been physically damaged in the real world, but still have our pain and our harm clock. So I guess the question is, is an essence of you being destroyed in that moment when you're in the world of the lost? And what Ugh, do you do about it? <laughs> it's probably not going to happen because I have, like, all of the dark stuff that keeps you alive, but... It would be funny if Smog just entered a very long crystal stasis for, like, taking all the harm and leaving the campaign. 
Smog is a uh, Lassie now, so maybe Smog accomplishes his goal. Or horrible when just Smog becomes a Seath. Mm, just turns into a zombie and starts attacking everyone else. Yeah. So my shtick is that I don't think I've talked about this, is that Alexander just gives him like very easy goals so that he can just be like, go to sleep. And then Smog's like, all right, I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> and that way he can enter Crystal Stasis when he wants, basically. But I can't oh. think of like, how does Alexander accidentally give Smog a condition that he can't fulfill? And so he turns into a Seath. terrifying (laughs) I don't think there are Moogle Seath in any of the games so we would also have to conceptualize what that means are there Moogle Lassie at all in any of the games I don't think there's any of those either I think Mog is kind of special in 13.2 as like an emissary of the gods Moogles aren't supposed to be things that are commonly around they're like plushy of them in the first game and I don't think in any of the other Crystallis mythos stuff they're really around. Like, even 15, there's the giant Moogle plush you can throw around. I don't even remember that. And there's, like, Moogle costumes. But yeah. there's not Moogle. That's a shame. I mean, that's just a lot of Final Fantasy games. And that's also why Moogles sometimes play the line between a fake creature and a myth, and then just another race that inhabits the world. What would Tau ending be like? Tau ending might be their their save data is erased and they're basically a fresh install of Tau. So they lose all of their memories of all of you and maybe even are like not fully sentient anymore. Just back to clippy suggestions. <laughs> oh my god, they just look like a different babier form too, because you've shown us a picture of Tau as their like first model, if I remember correctly. Um, I don't think how showed anyone else that picture necessarily but that appeared as the way to get tau into the world of the loft the first time right tau doesn't really have physical possessions but that's one of the few things that tau has lost the previous versions of themselves don't really exist they're out there to be downloaded but they aren't what tau is now and in a way that's permanently lost to them that's where we can eat concepts the world of the lost great Which Asiri has been tempted to do a couple of times. Not gonna lie, that bucket of hearts that the Thanos smashed was tempting. But Asiri's gross, I think we know that by now. <laughs> Don't eat people's desires. <laughs> Listen, if it's meat, she's gonna eat it. Juice 2 is in danger. It's Asiri goes <laughs> Juice back. Juice 2! <laughs> we end up at the thawed courtyard, which is much deeper than we anticipated. Several feet of ice and snow melting under us to reveal the Grand Fountain and all the water is running. And it may not be lush yet, but it is operational. Lone sets off everything and throws a coin, and now we're in stasis until next week. Why did Lone have to do a little wand trick to toss the coin in? Was that necessary? Could you not just throw it in, Lone? What's going on here? It's part of the ceremony. That's why they need the fireworks, too. It's presentation. Tao appreciates the the (laughs) flair for the dramatic in such an important scene. As Smog, I'm fine with it, yes, but me as a player, I'm like, what? It's just, you're tossing, you don't need telekinesis for that, friend. I mean, have you tried to pick up a coin without more than your full hand? Like, they only have three fingies, like, that can't be... (laughs) (laughs) Eh, fair. I'm inclined to believe it's just for ceremonial purposes or being dramatic. I don't think, at least intentionally, that they're trying to cause some influence because that's the exact opposite of what they want. And so far, Asiri hasn't pegged them as lying about it. But they did tell us we were going to experience the heat death of the universe. Yeah, which is wild. Also that we might experience some aging. Yeah, I was not expecting the way the universe ends through this mystical ritual is just accelerate to the end of the universe, and then the next one starts. I wonder if there's any influence from, oh, is it Hitchhiker's Guide? Or am I thinking of... I was thinking Futurama. Yeah, that's where my brain was. explicitly do that. Is the diner at the end of the world, is that Hitchhiker's Guide? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I was thinking of. Might be the second or third book, but yeah. I should revisit those. I think there's a good like radio play adaptation. Maybe I should listen to those. I guess the million dollar question is, are y'all going to try to influence your desires <laughs> into the next stage? <laughs> Tao definitely would have been 
tempted to, if not for Lone's very piercing question earlier about what if someone else doesn't exactly want what you want, and so Tao's definitely going to be more reserved than they might have otherwise been. Smog is thinking more at this point, I don't know how it's going to be framed, but what can I gift to this world that I have? It seems to already have a deity of time who has now recovered, so is able to do this ceremony again. And Alexander, besides, I think only once or twice representing time, is more often a deity of light. So holy light is something that Alexander has to offer. Smog has lots of magic. That seems to be something that's wanting in this world right now. So I'm more thinking along those lines than like, how do I shape it to be what I want? Especially hearing that conversation and having a different idea for how to help alone. Siri's just going to be like, anyone moves, you're being dragged into the abyss. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone does anything, you're going to be anchored to the floor. (laughs) She's not playing around. She made a promise. She's going to keep her word to the best of her ability. And we will see what happens as a result. I do not know what Geyser is thinking. (laughs) Ever, really, but in this circumstance. I feel like a Thanos could be an issue here, too. I'm less worried about our party members and more concerned with the very clear hints from the DM that it would be very bad if this gets interrupted. Like, of course, something from this world is going to try to interrupt this. I'm looking more outward. I don't know. I'm hoping that the other hints that were like, you need to do everything perfectly. And we we actually listened alone and did things and didn't try to start things without loan. I was hoping that might be where that hint was going. But yeah, there could still be something like the wolves, because we don't know about them, and Lone doesn't seem to know about them, that could interrupt here. Or whatever that scratching thing in the basement was. I don't know. Would y'all have done anything differently? I'm happy with how everything turned out, but I did turn around the possibility cube in my mind of like, what if I said something as smog when I was hidden and revealed myself? Or what if I went with a different group? Although I was very happy to speak with Lone. I could have spent some more time with geyser to assuage her sort of fears but the way things timed out people had already dedicated to different things and if we wanted to split evenly that wouldn't have worked out Mm -hmm. yeah overall i'm very happy with how things went down biggest thing that i would change is that i was very tired and kind of zoning out by the end of the session so i didn't catch a lot of what athenos and pony were doing and was not particularly active when we were all gathered back together so I guess the one thing I would change was maybe drink more coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to have a more in-depth conversation, but like I said, I was very wary with Schmog hanging over my shoulder. So I didn't say everything I wanted to say too long. But also at the same time, I was like considering like at the end there, maybe I should force people into mind-numbing meditation so that their own thoughts aren't influencing whatever is happening. I didn't get an opportunity because we were split to talk about it, but it also probably would have been like a drag on everything else going on too. So I'm not too hung up on it. I have so many questions for Lone, but I also didn't want to like drag time either. So you got to play on that little precipice there of what is too much time and what needs to like move the story forward. Glad that Tao was there to bounce off questions with Lone and Swong because we could have been back and forth for a while. Dan was also like, Lone has questions that Swong could answer too, but it managed to land a question that was perfect for Tao coming off of Smog asking questions to loan. So I was really happy with how that turned out. Yeah, that ended up being really good. All right, let's get into the resolution phase, the segment of the show where we each get to say something about the game with no responses. What is your final say on this session, Zach? We said that if Tau interrupted, it would be the Dragon Age. I think if Siri interrupted, it would end up being the Age of Aquariums. (laughs) (laughs) And you can no longer really find me online as Twitter has decided to devour itself. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Alex? I think if Pony ever ends, even though we've been thinking about her as very biological, she should like turn into a storybook that we all have as a memento to talk about her. That would be way too cute. Anyway, you can find me at Shining Crobat on Twitter, The Sandman on Netflix. Zach and I finished the first season recently. Very well done. 
I would just generally say watch it. But especially if you are interested when we talk about the world of the lost, I think there's a lot of stuff in the dreaming that is similar to that, maybe a little more intense and honestly, maybe sometimes also a little more goofy. I've heard that the comics are also very good. And I think there is an audio play adaptation. So just however you would like to absorb the Sandman, I'm sure there's something good out there for you. And for myself, well, I hope this new age is everything alone wanted and that we get back to Sequence Charter, okay? You can find me underneath the Paris Opera House lighting all the candles in the cistern. This has been Resolve, an afterplay show. You can find us online at most social media sites at Resolve AP. Except Instagram, which is at Resolve Afterplay. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. You can buy the game we're playing, Interstitial, Our Hearts Intertwined, from its creator, Riley Hopkins, at linksmithgames.com. All links will be included in the description of the episode. Thank you again for listening. We end our turn here, so now it's your turn. Tell us what's happening in your game.